a way forward for the Israelis and the Palestinians, ESG and the SDGs, the need for a digital identity to enhance a cashless society. Joe Biden using banks to force his climate change agenda. All prophetic, all in today's headlines, and we will discuss these and many other topics while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Wow, have we had a busy week. There's so much going on in the news right now. I mean, Monday on the radio, we talked about the potential Russia-Ukraine conflict. We're still waiting for that to happen, aren't we? I hope it doesn't happen. But man, there was such a buildup to that. And and it potentially still could happen. Uh, but at this point, it hasn't kicked off. On Tuesday, uh, Doug and Vince discussed why Bible, Bible prophecy is so important. Of course, there's many, many reasons for that. And we'll get into that in one of the questions I'm going to answer here. On Wednesday, I discussed the war in heaven. A lot of people question that. Did that happen millions of years ago? Did it happen at the Garden of Eden? Did it happen uh, when the gospel was first presented? Or is it a future event? So we went down through Revelation chapter 12, understanding who the woman with 12 stars are around her head, Israel, and the dragon, who that is, the war in heaven, when does it take place? We went through all of that, and uh, hopefully you got something from that. That was a television program as well. And then yesterday, Doug and Vince talked about um, Justin Trudeau of Canada and how he's freezing these um, pro-Trump, pro-freedom truckers that are up in Canada. And he's really cracking down. I mean, it almost sounds like a a, a China communistic type situation up there, really. Because he is just absolutely trying to freeze these guys out, take control of their bank accounts, a lot of things. And all they want is their voice to be heard. These are not... Uh, protests where they're going around burning down buildings and blowing up cars and stuff like that. They just simply are tired of all of these mandates and stuff from the government that simply mean nothing. And they really do mean nothing. I mean, look at all the mandates out in California right now, but then if you've seen pictures of the Super Bowl, there were all kinds of people with no masks on. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy, folks. Come on. And so these truckers want their voice to be heard. Justin Trudeau is saying, hey, we'll take control of your bank account. Wow. Now that's a drastic situation, but it lets you know how far they're willing to go to silence individuals and their freedom. Oh, we've had a busy, busy week. Now, we've only got so much time on the programs, and... 
We can only cover so much. That's why we encourage you to go through the Jerusalem Prophecy College, to go through End of the Age Plus, to go to endtime.com, and to get as much information as you can, because honestly, we only have five hours a week to really, you know, be on the air. And of course, I do a television program every week, and we have the magazine. There's all kinds of ways for us to get this information out to you, but we really, we cover a lot of stuff as the week goes on. So... Um, before I go to some calls, I'm going to get to the calls here in a minute. Again, I will be taking calls today. The number to reach me, one 363 8463 And I got a couple questions that I need to answer. I get questions, I mean, I, I, my email explodes all the time, honestly. I'm just be honest with you. But I get a lot of good questions, and I wanted to answer a few of them as we get off into this, kind of get the, the juices flowing here on prophecy questions. And one of them, somebody asked me, and I'll just go down through here really quick. The first question was, could Klaus Schwab be the final Antichrist? Well, number one, there's only going to be one Antichrist. We know that. There is the spirit of Antichrist in the world. There was a spirit of Antichrist back when Jesus was here, or somebody who would be Antichrist. However, there is a human being that will be the Antichrist in the near future. Somebody was asking, could Klaus Schwab be that? Um, of course, Klaus Schwab, he's a German engineer, and he is a, um, an economist. And he's really best known as being the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. Could he be the Antichrist? Um, I mean, I guess there's the outside uh, potential that he could do that. He would have to really, really, really start to be involved in politics, which really the World Economic Forum is. But... Um, he needs to be involved in politics to the point where he can be the leader of the world government. Uh, so, I mean, really anything's possible if you're from Europe. Uh, so, again, that is possible at this point. I don't know the answer to that for sure. The Antichrist is not revealed until the abomination of desolation. So, at that point, all we can do is speculate. One of the ways we can watch is, would Klaus Schwab be involved in a peace agreement between the Israelis and Palestinians? Getting that thing finalized. If he's not involved in that in any way, shape, or form, then you know, the Bible says the Antichrist will confirm that covenant. So that's one thing we can watch for to see if he would be on our ever-evolving list of Antichrists. Because <laughs> we've got, man, we've got drawers full of ones over the years that people have said, so-and-so could be it, so-and-so. But I have like a top five or ten people that I watch. Klaus Schwab is not on that list. Um, so... You know, but that's all. I'm always taking one out and putting somebody else in. So we'll see what happens there. The next question. You asked for a scripture. I'm always asking for a scripture. Somebody believes in a pre-trib. I said, well, give me a scripture or a passage saying that the rapture happens before the tribulation. I'll change my mind. However, somebody sent in a question. Hey, Dave, you asked for a scripture proving a pre-tribulation rapture. They said, what about Revelation 3.10? It says, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the whole world to try them that dwell upon the earth. That is not a pre-tribulation scripture. Why? Well, it, it, some are contending that, the, that God protected the church of Philadelphia from temptations that would come upon the world so that he will protect us from the great tribulation. That's the thinking. And... This passage, though, was simply a message to the Philadelphia church 
that John had oversight of after he was um, released from exile on the Isle of Patmos. And there was a similar message written to the church of Smyrna in Revelation 2.10. Remember, John exiled on the Isle of Patmos wrote a letter to all the different churches, seven churches. In Revelation 2.10 to the church of Smyrna, it says, The devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. So does that mean the great tribulation is only going to last ten days? Well, no. We know from other passages that it lasts three and one half years. Many other passages. So this is simply a message to the, one of the seven churches in Asia Minor, which John, history records that John was the overseer of. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Major Internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Okay, real quick, and then I'm going to go to the phones. The, in, in Revelation 3.10, is that a pre-tribulation scripture? No, it's not. Once you understand the segmentation of the book of Revelation, then you'll understand why I say that. One of the reasons. Revelation 1.19, God told John, John, here's what I want you to write in the book of Revelation. Write the things which are, or I'm sorry, the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which will be hereafter. In chapter 1, John wrote a vision that he had seen. Chapters 2 and 3, which were things which are. They are, were written to churches, seven churches on the earth at the time of John. And then Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, the, the angel said, Hey, John, come up hither and I will show you things which will be hereafter, which starts the prophetic portion of the book of Revelation. Revelation 4.1 to Revelation chapter 22. 
Once you understand that, then you understand that John was not writing to the church of Philadelphia in Revelation 3.10 about a pre-tribulation rapture. He was talking to them about events that would transpire 2,000 years ago. And so, and also the um, Revelation 2.10 that talks to the church of Smyrna about you will have tribulation 10 days. So, it's very important that we understand different things about prophecy. I've got more questions here. I'm not going to get to them. Somebody asked me, why do we keep harping on prophecy? Which is what this ministry is devoted to, really, is to share in the gospel of the kingdom of God. But we use prophecy as one of the main uh, trails to get there. Yeah, there are many reasons why we teach prophecy. It's very, very important. Prophecy is about almost, well, it's about 30%. Not quite one-third of the entire Bible. Why would God put it in there if it's not important, right? So if we get a chance, I'll get to that. I got some more questions that people wanted me to answer, but I will, uh, I'll get to them if we have time. Let's go to the phones. Uh, again, the number to reach me, one 877 363 And I had a pastor that's going to be calling in here in a little bit. He wanted to share his testimony. Hopefully he'll get through. Let's go to Nick in South Carolina. God bless Nick. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, good afternoon, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Not bad. I just want to ask you something right quick. Um, if you could, in a nutshell, go over what the six-day trumpet war is about, what's basically what will happen, because that's coming up. And um, I'll have to let you go, because I'm actually at work. But if you could just yeah, yeah. go over it in a nutshell. No, nope, I'll get it to you. Uh, thank you much for the call. God bless. I don't want to get you fired there, Nick. So, Revelation chapter... The, so, um, in a nutshell, really quick, the, there is a skeletal structure to the book of Revelation. Seven seals... Seven trumpets, seven vials. These are three of the four accounts of the second coming of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation. The other one is the simultaneous harvest in Revelation 14. They're accounts that are different um, stories that lead to the second coming of Jesus Christ in the battle of Armageddon. The seals, trumpets, and vials all begin at different times throughout history but they all end at the second coming of Jesus Christ in the battle of Armageddon. It's the revealing. The, the book of Revelation is the unveiling or the revealing of Jesus Christ. So the seven trumpets, which have already began to be blown, and those events have occurred, the first five have already occurred. I know a lot of people teach that they only occur, all of them, the seals, trumpets, and vials, during the final seven years, but that's not scriptural. Once you understand the segmentation and the, what the book of Revelation is all about, the, the general thesis behind it all. So the sixth trumpet, the first five have already occurred. The first five trumpets in the book of Revelation. The sixth trumpet, the book of Re, uh, Revelation chapter 9, verse 13 through 21. It says this, Nick. Um, if you go to, let me go here to chapter 9. I was on 6. Sorry about that. Revelation 9, uh, starting with 13. And the sixth angel sounded, I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. So that's the number one. It's going to happen in the Euphrates River region. That's where it's going to originate. It's going to spread out around the world. But it will originate there, which is the Euphrates River housed in Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. And, um, and uh, verse 15, And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour a day, a month, and a year, for to slay the third part of mankind. 
So we know it will originate in the Euphrates River region. When the smoke clears from this war, it will kill one-third of all of mankind. Now, I, I, again, I don't even like to talk about this because it's, it's a horribly ominous situation. One-third of all of mankind destroyed. It's going to be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. There's going to be a cry for peace like this world has never known. Nations will be willing to just say, to yield up all of their sovereignty to this world governing body and this Antichrist leader. And so um, that's the second clue. It originates in the Euphrates River region. It will kill one-third of the world's population. And then the Bible says in verse 16, And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000,000. 200,000,000. This is the King James Version. And I heard the number of them. So there's going to be an army that kills, that will be involved in this war. It's going to be a 200 million man army. And they, um, as a result, when the smoke clears from all of this, one third of the world's population. Today's modern, um, the, the population today on the earth is closing in on 8 billion. So you're looking at what? Um, 2.6, 2.7, roughly, a billion gone. You say, oh, there's nobody on earth that would be willing to push a button to make that happen. Oh, yeah, there is. There are people that have said we need to decrease the surplus population. There's too many people on the earth. It's not sustainable. There are people that, are, that do have the mindset to be able to pull a trigger to do something like that. There are people, actually, that believe that should happen because we, don't, we can't produce enough food to feed them all, blah, blah, blah. They don't, they're not even trusting in God at all. God's not even on their radar. And so that would be though the World War III or the Sixth Trumpet War in a nutshell. It is a future war. Honestly, uh, Nick, it could happen at any time. It is on the, it's the, one of the next two prophecies, that and the peace agreement that starts the final seven years on God's giant timeline from the Old Testament prophets to Revelation 22, this war and the peace agreement are the next two things to be fulfilled. I cannot prove scripturally which one happens first. It's always been our opinion the war would happen first. It could be the other way around. I don't know. That's why we say it's our opinion. But that would be World War III or the Sixth Trumpet War in a nutshell. If you'd like a more in-depth explanation, um, contact me, drobbins at endtime.com. And uh, I will send you the transcript on our lesson for that. Because that's something that we definitely uh, watch for all the time. I watched, I watched the Euphrates River and all of the conflict going around there. Man, I just stay on that every day, every day. It's one of my Google alerts that come up. Several things that pertain to that region. Okay, uh, let's go to Michael in Indiana. God bless Michael. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. Uh, I have a question to ask. Yes. In uh, Revelation seventeen sixteen, it talks about the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast. These shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Mm-hmm. And I was just curious, who, uh, who are the ten horns? And number two is, uh, later on down, it talks about the kings of the earth and the merchants uh, wailing because of her desolation. Yeah. So the ten horns are, if it, so this starts back in, actually back in Daniel chapter 2, where Nebuchadnezzar had a vision of 
five empires that would rule the world during their era, um, and that it would it would go from Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian Empire, all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The nations were the um, the head of gold, Babylon, Babylonian kingdom. The, then it goes down through there, and I'm just going to give you the treetop version here for the sake of time. Um, the Babylonian Empire, the Medes and the Persians, which defeated the Babylonian Empire. Alexander the Great, the Grecians, defeated the Medes and the Persians. The Roman Empire. And then we move to the feet of iron mingled with clay. And then the Bible says that the feet had ten toes. And then at that point, a stone come rolling out of the mountain, and a mountain filled the earth. That's the kingdom of God. It's talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. When you go to Daniel 7, the ten horns on the final ten-horned beast and the ten toes are the exact same thing. They They are ten nations, ten kings, that would rise up and give complete, they'll be in complete alliance with the Antichrist in the end time. The Bible actually says that the Antichrist will uproot three of them, become great, have a mouth speaking great things. That's why we know they will come from Europe. Okay? So these ten horns, when you, they're ten nations, ten kings that will form an alliance with the Antichrist. When you jump clear over 650 years later, John writes the book of Revelation... In the book of Revelation, chapter 17 and 18, they're parenthetical chapters that explain the judgment of the great whore, the the harlot, the false religious church in the end time. And the, the Antichrist will form an alliance with this church. It's going to be a union of church and state, just like the Holy Roman Empire. Well, when you get down here to the verse that you mentioned in Revelation 17, 16... It says that, and, uh, and the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, which is part of this world governing body, these shall hate the whore. Who's the whore? The false religious system in the end time. And shall make, uh, make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. The only reason, this goes back to the interview that my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, had with Robert Mueller years ago. Robert Mueller said, he was an assistant secretary general to many secretary generals at the United Nations. He said, Irvin, we've brought this world government together as far as we can politically, but we've got to get the, all the religions of the world on board. We need like a United Nations of religions. Well, he knew that they needed to get the religions of the world on board to finally have a true world government and control the populace of the earth. But the only reason that the world government has formed an alliance with the world religion is to get the religions on board to advocate and to pledge allegiance to the world governing body. And I mean, we're watching this happening in great detail right now. However, there will come a time when when the, the world government is established and the Antichrist is in full power, he will turn and destroy, he will discard the world religious system. He's going to be done with her. And that's what this is talking about here. He is... The Bible says the ten horns that you saw upon the beast, they shall hate the whore. They're going to hate the world religious system and shall make her desolate and naked and destroy her. Eat her flesh, burn her with fire. He's going to destroy the world religious system. And, (coughs) excuse me, when the Bible says that the merchants of the earth will wail, you understand that the... So, 
just, I'll just be honest with you here. This, I'll, I'm going to be transparent and tell you what the Bible says. The leader of this world religious system is going to be Rome. And the, world, then the religious system that is located there, the major religious system, that's going to be the, uh, the, the, whoever the Pope is at that time of the Antichrist is going to be the false prophet. Right. Well, the Bible says that the, the merchants of the world who have, who have lived um, and have become very prosperous, which have been in relation with that entity, will wail because she's been destroyed. You understand that the Roman Catholic Church is not just a church. It's a, a, one of the largest uh, landowners on the planet. It's a, it's a business. They have investments in stuff all over the world, in oil and tech. And I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, the Bible says when she's destroyed, that the merchants will wail because they've been in business with her all these years, and now she's gone. And so that's what it's talking to in Revelation 17 and 18 here. Revelation 17 and 18 is talking about God's judgment on this entity. Um, and the Bible specifically tells us Rome is going to be destroyed in the last days. God is going to remember that and all of the debauchery that has happened there over the years, uh, and He's going to destroy it. So that's what all of this is talking about here. Those ten horns are ten nations from Europe that will form an alliance with the Antichrist in the end time. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Uh, and thank you, sir, for the call. God bless you, Michael. Um, wow, man, we are the time's flying on us here. Let's go to um, Earl in Florida. God bless Earl. Welcome to End of the Age. Uh, good to be here. Uh, I have a I, I have a question. I, I've never heard you really teach on how the church in America is going to be where they're going to be and how they're going to be protected. During the end times. Sure. So the Bible says that the church globally. See, when I look at the church, Earl, I'm looking at a global church because God has a global church, not just a church here in the United States. We've, there is a true church of Jesus Christ that's all over the globe. And I so, understand that. Yeah. So you're, you're just interested in right here in the United States, though, right? Well, only because I live here. Right. And that's what I'm interested in. Okay, yeah, I understand, totally. So, um, the Bible prophesies a time of great revival in the end time. The true church of Jesus Christ will be focused on revival and sharing the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world. Uh, So, I tell you what, Earl, we're going to come up to a break. I want to finish this. It's a very important question. I want to make sure we cover this. Are you able to hold through the break with me, Earl? Yes, I am. Okay. So I want to thank you for joining me, everybody. Again, I, I am taking your calls today, one 877 363 And uh, we'll join back with Earl and then answer some more questions when we get back on the other side of the break. God bless. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Okay, uh, Earl, are you still with me? I'm here, brother. Very good. So the, <clears throat> the true church of Jesus Christ here in the United States, let's not talk about the rest of the world, let's talk about right here. The true church of Jesus Christ in the end time, even during the time of the Great Tribulation, during the time of the Antichrist, when the mark of the beast is being doled out, the false prophets here on the earth, the true church of Jesus Christ, their mission will be, it always has been, but it's going to be a heightened sense at that point, they will be to share the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world at all cost. Other church, now I say the true church because there are many churches that are not the true church of Jesus Christ. There are people that are teaching all kinds of stuff, but they call themselves a church. So let's make sure we're talking about the true church of Jesus Christ. And then um, they will be involved in preaching and teaching the gospel to the entire world. The true church of Jesus Christ will not be caught up in this interfaith movement, these movements that are moving towards this world religious system. And I know there are major churches in the United States that have already signed on to that. True Church of Jesus Christ will not take part of that because many of the things that entity is doing is diametrically opposed to the Word of God. There are many of them that are in that are um, ordaining LGBTQ members in their pulpits. That's diametrically opposed to the Word of God. So a true church would not do that. And I know this is some strong language, but I'm just telling you, this is what's going to separate the men and women from the boys and the girls in the end time. You must be part of a true church of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I, it, that may not be the avenue you wanted to go down. I mean, maybe if, you're, if you say, well, hey, you guys teach a post-tribulation rapture. What about the church in the end time? I don't know how much the tribulation, as far as the Antichrist goes, how much that will come to America. Because we're, not going, to be, we're going to be fighting against the world government in the end time. However, I, I do I know question. that the... There are already, as we speak, there are already churches that are getting pulled into this world religious system, this big interfaith movement and all these things where you would have to have a, um, a mindset of tolerance to all faiths. That, and I'm not saying that you should hate them or, you know, I, or treat them bad. I'm just saying 
there's coming a time when God is coming back to a true church that is called by His name and that will... That will so the Bible says that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to unto the Father but by me. There are churches that, or this world religious entity that would say there are many ways to be saved. But that is simply not what the Bible says. The Bible says there's only one way to be saved. No, and, no, I agree with you. Yeah, right, Dave, right, right. My, my question is, my question is, when the Antichrist comes to power, he's going to force all to take a mark. Yeah. And when the full, when the church is not going to, the true church is not going to take that mark. So my question was, I've right. never heard it taught how the Lord is going to sustain us and protect us. Right. No, no I, so I understand that. And the reason that we don't talk about that a lot, Earl, is because at this point we don't know. We've got to trust in the Lord. I know how throughout Scripture... God would sustain people at times, but He did allow people to be persecuted at some points in the Bible. He did. If you look in the New Testament, 11 of the 12 apostles were martyred. But yet we know they were in the truth, they were part of the church, but yet they were martyred. So if we've got to get, there's a, there's a mindset that we've got to get that if you're in the true church of Jesus Christ, that does not mean you will never have to suffer anything. That is an incorrect teaching that a lot of people teach. That, hey, we're just going to, the Lord's going to, you know, just everything's going to be peaches and cream all the way to the second coming. The Bible doesn't say that anywhere. The Bible says that if you are, our eternal hope is that if you're born again and you have your hand in the Lord's hand, He will keep you as a member of the church. The Bible says, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Your hope is eternal life. Your hope is not a cushy uh, pillow. And I'm not saying this is what you're saying, Earl. But I'm saying there are a lot of people that teach, Hey, if you are in right standing with Jesus Christ, you'll have five cars in the garage and a giant bank account and your life is all going to be peaches and cream. That's not Christianity. I agree. I agree. Right, right. And so in the end time, there may be a time when some people in church have to suffer a little bit. And I know that's not popular, and that's not the traditional teaching of today, but the fact of the matter is, that is scriptural, and we've got to talk about it. How, how, will, how will we be sustained in the end time, Earl? I don't know. The Bible says, Take no thought which ye shall eat, drink, or wear. Your heavenly Father knows ye have need of these things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, All these things will be added unto you. I know there are times in my life when God has miraculously taken myself, my family, end-time ministries through things when we didn't know where the next paycheck was going to come from. And miraculously, God brought us through. I can't look at all of that and say, God's just going to leave us out here in the dark in the end time. That's not going to happen. So how all that plays out specifically some of those things, Earl, we're just going to have to live through and trust God. Does that help you out a little bit, Earl? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, good, good. I, I, I believe what you're saying wholeheartedly. Yeah. I just wondered, you know, what 
your ministry and what your take yes. was, because I, I get asked that question. Right. The thing is, Earl, is that as we go along, and I'm living in the same United States that you are, I, I, I've got my feelers out everywhere. I've got people sending me information, and as people go along and they say, hey, I did this, I did that, then I will be coming on the air and saying, look, so-and-so did this. Uh, End Time Ministries has actually already been approached a while back about going into a barter system. I mean, we didn't feel like it was time to do that yet. Maybe we will in the future. I don't know at this point. As we get farther off into this, and we have to deal with a few issues, we'll be coming to on the air and say, hey, we just had to deal with this. God brought us through. Uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have to trust the Lord, and we're going to have to live by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we're going to have to live through faith and trust God and be led by the Spirit. And if we do that, Earl, God's going to bring us all the way through. And my hope is eternity. That's what I'm looking at. Amen. Yes. All right. Well, God bless you, my friend. I've got so many calls. I'm going to try to get to them. So I do thank you for the call. Uh, Have a great weekend. Let's go to... um, uh, is it Bridget in Florida or yeah. Brig? It's Brig. Brig, B-R-I-G. okay. Sorry about that. I can see part of the name here. So, yeah, Brig, what you got? Hey, Dave, I know Revelation is not written in chronological order. Yes. But in chapter, what is this, the seven trumpets, I guess that's nine, it ends um, uh, with the sixth trumpet, and then it goes right into the angel and the little scroll. I yes. wondered, and it's, Man, I'm, I'm praying about it, and I have curiosity. I know this may be more an opinion or insight, but I was wondering if you and Irwin did any studying on the seven thunders and have any insight, because he told John not to write, yeah. seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. Do you have any, and again, whether it's your opinion or insight yeah. or thoughts on it, uh, can you direct me in that to any scriptures that I can maybe get some insight about that? Right. So, again, this would be opinion, because the Bible did say he, didn't, he said not to write them down. So I, I don't have a conclusive answer for you. However, we, Irvin and I, and Irvin shared this with me, and I studied it, and I'm like, man, that is so true. Again, this is opinion, Brig, and yeah. because I want to bring everybody in on the conversation here. But if you look at the... Seals, trumpets, so there's seven seals, seven trumpets, seven thunders, and seven vials. If you look at the sixth and seventh seal, the seventh trumpet, and the seventh vial, all of them end at the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. Study them out. Because the Bible says in many of them that the time of His wrath has come. His wrath is at the battle of Armageddon. So they all end, all of those accounts end at the second coming the Battle of Armageddon. It has been our opinion. And my father-in-law thought he had it figured out, but he said, I can't prove it 100%. He said, maybe God will help us out as we go. But it's always been our, and I, again, I'm going to say it again, opinion yeah. that the seventh thunder could also be the second coming and the Battle of Armageddon. They all end at the same time. Can I prove that scripturally? No, I cannot. That's why, and not at this point. There may come a time when... God would reveal these things to us and we'll know what they are. At this point, that's the only opinion I can give, Brig, because me and my father-in-law had conversations on this because I'm like, why didn't God allow him to write that? That's one of the biggest questions we get. Uh, It's one of the ones I can't explain because 
you know, that he was told not to write. But it's always been our opinion because the other three end at the second coming the Battle of Armageddon that the seven thunders would as well. Again, that's an opinion. Right. And I was thinking because of its placement in Revelation, I was wondering if there was any significance to that because it was before the seventh trumpet or seventh right. vial. So it's in a different angel, too, coming down. And I was just wondering... So that's fine. I yeah. knew it would be more speculative, but I knew you'd have some insight to what you've studied and what you've learned. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah, at, at this point, that's the best I can do uh, in prayer and devotions. If God shows me something or He shows you something, call back and let me know, and we'll banter back and forth about it. <laughs> we'll do it. Thank you, Dave. Great <laughs> All job. right, God bless you, my friend. Thank you for the call. Uh, let's go to... Oh, man, I'm coming up on a break. So uh, the, the, all of you guys that are left, I'll get you to you right after the break. We're coming up here. I want to let you know that if you're anywhere in the DFW area, DFW Metroplex, uh, I will be starting my big Bible study back up here at our End Time headquarters on March the 3rd. Uh, It'll be 7 o'clock in the evening. It'll go for weeks after that. I've done it. I've had I don't know how many people go through these Bible studies over the years. I've been doing them for years. And... I've got lots of new information, and I've had people say, well, hey, are you going to live stream that? At this point, there are no plans to live stream it. I apologize for that um, because it, I tried to live stream it over the years, and I, I, I became disengaged from my class that was there sitting there physically. I was always talking to the people on the screen, and, I mean, it became a big mess. So, again, if you're in the DFW Metroplex, also, if you're a pastor, a Bible study teacher, and you want to come down and sit through one of the classes, see how we do it, I would encourage that. I've had people do that over the years. It's been awesome. Um, but it has been a great way for me to take people through a prophecy Bible study to show you how you can do it in your church. Again, that starts here March the 3rd. It's on a Thursday. If you're anywhere in the DFW area, email me an RSVP because I've already got a lot of people RSVP'd for it. We want to make sure there's going to be room for everybody. Um, so D. Robbins. R-O-B-B-I-N-S at endtime.com and RSVP. Say, yes, Dave, I would like to come. I'm going to RSV for two people, whatever. And uh, then I'll put you in the Excel spreadsheet and I'll be sending you some information. It is an adult class. We do not uh, provide daycare and things like that. So, I mean, it, I apologize for that. But, I mean, we tried it for years and uh, that just did not work out. I had people all over the building and it was crazy. So, It's going to be an adult Bible study. But just remember that coming up March 3rd uh, will be my Bible study right here in the... uh, We're in Plano at Jupiter and George Bush. I'll give you all the information if you RSVP. Again, drobbins at endtime.com. And uh, if you want to join me for that, uh, it's always been a great, great time. I got a lot of new information to share. It's really cool as we go through there. And we go through everything in great detail. At the Bible study, I can slow way down, take time together, and it's really great. God bless. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon-coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Okay, going right back to the phones. Let's go to Linda in California. God bless Linda. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave Robbins. Thank you very much for taking my call. Absolutely. Um, uh, I've been listening for some years now and um, just led the ministry and changed my opinion from pre-trib to post-trib. Also, I went to the um, Jerusalem Prophecy College and did that. Oh, great. My question is for the fourth trumpet where it says that the fourth angel sounded and a third of the part of the sun was smitten, third part of the moon third part of the stars. Yes. So a third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. How did uh, Pastor uh, Irvin get the, the, that the time was shortened out of that? To me, it sounds more like a uh, catastrophic event, like a, um explosion from some type, uh, like a uh, volcano. Right. But how did that happen? How did that get derived out of that? So you have have to understand how God revealed the prophecies to my father-in-law about the trumpets. He revealed the... My father-in-law was studying, trying to figure it all out, and God revealed the third trumpet first. This is very important, and and, I'll tell you why. Because... The third trumpet is one of the easiest ones to understand. My father-in-law was writing a manual on all this, so he's trying to figure it all out. And people for and do you have? So I'm, I'm just going to take a little time here, Linda, because there's no way I can do this without that. My father-in-law was writing a manual. People for years had told my father-in-law that when the third trumpet says a, a star from fall, fall, fall from heaven with the name of Wormwood, many people for the, over the years had told him, Irvin. Did you know that the word Chernobyl means, worm or wormwood means Chernobyl? And he said, no, I didn't, but he just filed it away back in a filing cabinet and thought, I'll get to it someday. Well, mm-hmm. he's writing a manual for the le- our Level 1 DVD series. This was way back when we were in Richmond, 20 plus years ago. And he's sitting there writing the manual, he's typing, and God speaks to him and says, and God did this many times throughout these yeah. there's lessons and God said, "Have you considered the um, that the wormwood means Chernobyl uh, scenario somebody gave you?" And he said, "No." He said, I, I, "He was talking to God. He just dealt, felt like God was talking to him." And he said, "I don't have time to go with that. I'm trying to write this manual." Bing, bing, bing. And the Lord said, "Call the library." And my father-in-law was like, "I don't have time to do that right now. I'm you know I'm, I'm writing this manual." And the Lord spoke mm-hmm. back to him and said, "Call the library." The girl will do the work for you. Mm-hmm. So he was like, man. So now this, this is the tr- a true story as sure as I'm sitting here, Linda. Got my father-in-law mm-hmm. called the librarian and he said, ma'am, you're going to think I'm crazy, but 
I'm writing a manual, I study prophecy, I've heard over the years that the word wormwood means Chernobyl. I'm trying to figure out a prophecy in the Bible. Is that true? She said, oh yeah, uh, wormwood was used over in Russia and Ukraine for the medicinal purposes uh, and it turned the, the, your tongue black. And he would, she just went through this big old explanation. And, she, and my father-in-law said, how did you... I mean, because that's not something you just rattle off the top of your tongue. And, my yeah. fa- and the lady said, my father-in-law said, how in the world did you know all that information? She said, oh, I've been studying my doctorate in Russian. I've been studying this stuff. Mm-hmm. And my father-in-law said, oh, my goodness, God, <laughs> you're, you're helping me out here. So he asked her, he said, can you give me some books and references and things? She said, yeah, give me a... And about 15, 20 minutes later, she called back and gave him references, titles, books, page numbers, everything, proving the whole thing. How the Chernobyl mm-hmm. nuclear accident was the third trumpet. Okay, third so, trumpet. yeah, the third trumpet. So that happened, and I'm, I'm getting to your fourth trumpet here. I just, I need to, I need to okay. explain this to you. So okay. that happened in April 26, 1986. Well, then God showed him the first and second trumpet, World War I, World War II, then 1986. And then God showed him the fifth trumpet. He skipped the fourth one. My father-in-law was trying to figure it out. He, got, he just hit a blank. Yeah, he, yeah. God, God showed him the fifth trumpet was the Iraq war with Saddam Hussein. All the pieces fit. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. thought, man, if the, if the third trumpet happened in 86, the fifth trumpet happened in 1991 with the Iraq war with Saddam Hussein, Somehow in between there, God had to have, the fourth trumpet had to have sounded. So he starts researching history, trying to figure out what was going on, what was going on with the third of the moon, the stars, and everything being shortened. And my mother-in-law knew he was racking his brain about trying to figure all this out. Well, my mother and father-in-law... Both had very good prayer lives. They, they studied the Word of God. They were spirit-led individuals. My mother-in-law was out one day, and she was praying, and she said, God, you understand that Irvin Baxter, Irvin, is trying to figure all these things out. He's racking his brain. He teaches prophecy, but he doesn't know what the fourth trumpet is. Mm-hmm. When, when are you going to show him, or will you please show him what this is? And God spoke back to my mother-in-law. Now, you'd have to know my mother-in-law. She's not somebody that would say, Hey, God spoke to me in this. She's not one to really do that. So right. she, but God spoke to her that day and said, "I've already blown the fourth trumpet. It was I've I've already sped up the time, but people don't know about it." And she was like, "Sped up the time? What do you mean?" Well, she goes back to my father-in-law and she said, "I think God spoke to me today." And he said, "Really?" She said, "Yeah. He told me. I believe he told me that it, he sped up the time." But yet people don't even know about it. In other words, he shortened the day. One third of the part wouldn't show because he shortened the, the, the days. Not the amount of days, 1260 days or whatever, but he shortened the, the day that we have. Everything is sped up. So my father-in-law was like, nah, I don't know about that. Well, a few weeks after that, they were in a restaurant and one of the professors in our uh, Indiana University East was there. I remember this. And... My father-in-law said, hey, my, my, I've been trying to figure out this scenario in the Bible. He showed him the scripture, and he said, my wife said that the Lord sped up the days, but my father-in-law had like this engineering analytical mind, and he said, um, but I don't see how that's possible that God could shorten the, the days here, speed up the time, because people still run a four-minute mile and things like that. And the, the professor said, well, 
What, that's easy. He said, have you ever heard of Einstein's theory of relativity? Uh, e, e, e equals mc squared. Uh, time and speed are relative. And so they went down this big old huge scientific explanation. And so my father-in-law thought, man, when did the time speed up? At what event did the world speed up? And we went back to all these different events. He went to 1989, the fall of the Berlin Wall. When the Berlin Wall came down, we moved into the process of globalization, um, computers, I mean, all kinds of stuff happened, and the earth sped up. It got to the point where we could order something from China and get it in a few weeks. I mean, the process of globalization, it just took off. And so um, we have had to come to the conclusion that with the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989, remember the Chernobyl, the third trumpet, 86, the Iraq War in 1991, we have come to the conclusion when piecing all this, th- all this together that the th- fourth trumpet sounded with the tearing down of the Berlin Wall, the pro- moving into the, the system of a new world order, the process of globalization, all these different things, and the earth is sped up at that point. It appears that God did that, and we didn't really know it at that point. So that's our take on the fourth trumpet. Okay. Yeah, I understand, because that's what I've been reading, and that's what I've been hearing. Yeah. I just don't understand how it says that the part of the sun, the moon, and the stars were darkened. How does that uh, uh, match up with sped up the time? Yeah, that's so, the part I'm confused about. Yeah, it just simply says that in Revelation eight twelve, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. So in that that's the essence. It says all of this happened, and then the day shone not for the third part of it, not for the not for the night likewise. So it appears that God sped up the time, and we may be doing in sixteen hours what it took twenty four before, but we don't know it because God sped the time up. Well, it takes a shorter amount of time to do. Okay. The, yeah, and so okay. if you look at the scripture here, it's not that He went and eliminated a third part of the stars. It just means that a third part of that is not going to shine. They, that, that time has been eliminated and that we've moved off in. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Linda, I don't have every answer to this. I really don't. Irvin Baxter didn't. We've talked about mm-hmm. it. And all we can do is look at the prophecies, the dates, how God revealed it to him. He was a very spirit-led individual and how everything seems to fit with the year 1989 with the tearing down of the Berlin Wall. It, I yeah. do not believe that it means that, we, well, we know a third part of the sun was not destroyed, in other words. We know that a third of the stars was not destroyed or a third part of the moon. It says they were smitten, but it does not mean that they, a third part of the moon. We know a third part of the moon wasn't destroyed, nor the sun in 1989. We know that for a fact. So, yeah, it says it was darkened here in the scripture. It, it, it does say that. It says a third part of them was darkened. And as a result of that, a third of the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. Mm -hmm. So it appears to us, with the speeding up of time, that God just allowed one-third of the part of the day because He sped up time to be lopped off, and people just didn't know about it. That's the best answer that I can come up with, and it appears to fit the prophecies and 1989 with the tearing down of the Blim Wall, and we moved into globalization. I graduated high school in 86 got married in 1988, 
time just seemed to drag. I had, I had forever in a day. But, and you look at it, in 1989 when the computer, in the, when the, with the invention of computers around that time and the, the Berlin Wall being torn down, the process of globalization, we moved off into the New World Order and a lot of different things happened. Time just took off. It, it, I mean, um, a lot of things happened. I've got articles that say the year that changed the world, 1989. We moved off into yeah. light speed yeah. at different things. And it appears like God sped up time at that point. That's the most conclusive answer that I can give you at this point, Linda. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. And um, I don't know if I mentioned that I got a letter saying y'all prayed for me. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate that. Um, and I know you got to go. you got to have other callers. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to let you go. I'm All right. Ask it. <laughs> All right. Well, God bless you, my friend. And, you know, I uh, again, everybody, I wish that we had the answers to every intricate detail in Scripture. But we simply do not. We, we don't claim to have the answers to everything. Um, what we do have the answers for, we teach, which is probably 98 plus percent of it, maybe 99 percent. But there are some things that I simply do not have the answers for. Irvin Baxter didn't have the answers for. We probably, matter of fact, I know, we won't have the answers to every single thing until the Lord splits those clouds wide open and we look Him in the face. The Bible says we see through a glass darkly at this point, but we will know everything when He gets here. And so, I'm looking forward to that day. Now, uh, thank you for the call, Linda. I, I do have a couple more callers, but I've only got like 45 seconds left. And so, I'm, you know, email me, drobbins at endtime.com, and I will answer your question. Uh, I may wait till next Friday and answer it on the air, or I'll, I'll probably shoot you back an email as well. But drobbins at endtime.com. Uh, we got a conference coming up next weekend, not this weekend, but coming up on the 26th and 27th in Justin, Texas. And I'll be seeing you up there. It's one of the ones that we postponed because we had an ice storm in Texas here a couple weeks ago. And we're going to be up there. I'll be announcing it next week, and Doug and Vince will be announcing it. Got a lot of things coming up. RSVP for the Bible study if you're in this area starting March 3rd. You got all things happening, a lot of things happening all over the world. God bless and have a great weekend. This has been End of the Age brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1 800 End Time. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.